Hey, good morning, good morning, or good evening, or if you're watching after the fact, thank you so much for watching and welcome to Swahili Sunday. I am in my car right now. Why am I in my car? I was going to do this live from the, uh, I'm at the South Bay Quilters Guild show at the Torrance Cultural Arts Center, but the, where I am, even though there's Wi-Fi, the internet is so slow. The Wi-Fi is really slow, and I attempted to actually do a live in there yesterday morning, and it kept cutting out and cutting out, so I thought, hmm, I better do this here from my my car So uh, before I go in there, and if you are local to Torrance, stop by today from 10 to 4, the last day of the South Bay Quilters Guild show. I'm going to go in in a little bit to go look at the quilts. There's a lot of quilts on display and uh, to see with the beautiful things that are being exhibited and uh, then go to my booth. So there's a few vendors there. There's quilting and sewing vendors for that type of thing, but there's also some vendors like me with baskets of beads and a couple other uh, vendors. The lighting here is really weird because the sun is coming this way. <laughs> and uh, so stop by 10 to 4 today and pick up some uh, cool baskets and beads products. There's also Tribu there that uh, has things from Ecuador, uh, Bali Rose with things from Bali. Uh, there's some other, a couple other vendors in there as well. So, um, and the quilts are just, I'm, I haven't seen them yet, but based on last year, just amazing what they can create out of quilts. And it's, it's a work of art. And uh, I sew, but I, that's not my that's not my forte. That's to be able to design that. Those are some beautiful things. Uh, anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit today about, uh, I, I was looking for things to post about, like what day it was. You know, every day there's some day. It's national this day or that day. And I didn't realize that uh, <coughs> last week, the 13th through the 18th, I believe it was, was uh, adult or not adult, Children of Alcoholics Week. I didn't realize that there was a week to celebrate that or to bring awareness to that, not necessarily celebrate. Uh, the thing I do celebrate is that, that I have recovered from the effects of that. But I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I've had a lot of people that know my background ask me like, oh, how did you get beyond that to, to be where you are today? And, you know, a lot of it obviously is turning my life and my care over to the will of God. but the healing process was something that I had to do myself. I had to change the thinking in my head. I had to recreate the pathways that were blazed from my parents and from the, the bad relationships I was in early on in my life and things like that. So um, it, it wasn't an, an overnight process, let me tell you, because I waited a long time to do it. But if you don't know my background, and I did post about it earlier, uh, I was born kind of late in life to my parents. My mother was in her 40s. My dad was 51 when I was born. I was born on Father's Day, which is why my name is Eldana. My father's name was Eldon, and I was named after him. And you know, I ha I've said before that I don't think that my mother purposely decided to have a baby so she could tear her down, destroy her self-esteem, and leave her doubting her 
leaving her lacking confidence and doubting herself all her life. I, I don't think anybody has a child with that intent in mind. But basically, that's exactly what she did. But it wasn't her. It was the disease of alcoholism. She was an alcoholic as far back as I can remember. And we moved from, I was born in Dallas, go Cowboys. I was born in Dallas, Texas. We moved to Bay Village, Ohio. My father was a, uh, a business executive with General Motors and we, he moved there. And then he got really sick and the doctors, he got pneumonia. And the doctor's um, solution to that was for him to move to warmer climate. So we moved, he got transferred to San Antonio, Texas. And that's when I was, um, it's, it's weird. I think back on it now, uh, but actually before we moved to Texas, my mother left me in a store when I was five years old. And I, uh, I wrote about that in the post about children of alcoholics week, where I was turned around and looked for her. She told me to turn around because she was putting something in the cart and turned around and looked for her after a long period of time and she was gone. And I went out to the main aisle and started crying. And the clerk was calling over the loudspeaker, asking, um, describing me, describing my mother. It was forever when she came up the escalator to get me. And, you know, it's weird when you have children of your own and you think, how could she not have known? You know, I, I anytime I would get on an escalator with my kids, I'd be like, make sure they, they were able to get on. Because that for a little kid, that's kind of. A, a difficult task. And, uh, you know, I think, wow, was, was she an alcoholic then and just didn't, you know, was she that far gone then that she didn't know her mind? I don't think she was really that far gone. I kind of think she left me in the store on purpose and then couldn't, um, that came back for me for whatever reason. But uh, we moved to Texas like in April of my first grade year. And I'm like, why? That that really wasn't necessary to, you know, I could have finished school there and then started the next year, but uh, started school, uh, lived in a place called Windcrest in San Antonio. And uh, my mother, I guess, you know, her demons got to her and um, she drank herself to death, basically. That was her cause of death when I was 12 years old. Um, I've written stories, uh, blog posts about that. I'm not going to share much about that. I mean, she, I came home from, my dad had taken me out of school and I came home from, uh, from, he took me to the San Antonio Livestock Show and Rodeo and I really wanted, a, um, I, I really wanted a horse and so I loved horses and, uh, that's the night that she died after I went to bed, she dropped in the hallway and, uh, you know she she succumbed to alcoholism but before that all the years that i spent growing up i heard i never heard i love you i heard you, you know i was a loser i was no good i was going to get sent away to boarding school i was a hellion i was a spoiled brat i was this i was that i mean she put me down constantly and um you know i i don't care I, well especially as a kid you hear that you believe it. So I believed I was nothing. I believed I was a loser. And then, so she died when I was 12. And then my dad basically shut off and died emotionally. And then um, he just sat on the couch, drank beer, smoked cigarettes, didn't say really two words to me very often other than to put me down. So, you know, having a whole 
childhood of being put down and never hearing an encouraging word and never hearing you can do this and you can do that and you can um you have the capability to to be whatever you want to be um i never heard any of that so i was running with the wrong crowd i dropped out of high school when i was 16 when i was 18 i came home i've talked about this in some of my talks sometimes i tell this story to an empty house my father had uh, packed up and moved to Florida from Texas and didn't even leave me a forwarding address. So I, I ended up moving into an apartment with not much of my property. I had like a mattress, a box spring, and a, a few personal belongings. But um, after that, I ended up seeing a commercial about the Air Force. Actually, I did go move after that time. So, so by that time, I had... I thought I was, you know, worthless. I was I high school dropout, wasn't doing anything with my life. Just I was actually working, and I had a boyfriend that wasn't very kind to me, um, and that's the kind of people that I attracted. So, that when you grow up in that kind of a thing, you think that you're no good. So you attract attract people to uh, perpetrate that fact that you're no good. Anyway, um, joined the Air Force. Still had a lot of that stuff the air force actually saved me professionally but personally i still had a lot of that stuff to deal with and it wasn't for many 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 years later um i mean i went really far in the air force but i still always had this voice in my head think it was my mother's voice saying you're no good you're this you're that you're you know you're never gonna make it um so you know how do you overcome stuff like that it and for everybody it's different for me I did a lot of different things. I mean, I, I kind of hit my rock bottom when somebody I was in a relationship with left me for somebody else and cut me out of the business that we were doing together. And uh, I was so distraught over all of that. And, uh, you know, I hadn't been retired from the Air Force very long. So here I am out in Southern California trying to make it. And uh, then that happened. But one day I looked in the mirror and saw the problem and the solution looking back at me. And then that, that made it worse because I realized I could uh, have done something to work on myself so many years before. So I just share all that to say that, it, that nobody else can make you happy, first of all. You're the only one that can, can make you happy. And I, I honestly believe that we all have an empty space that needs to be filled by God. So you can't, um, people try to fill that with all kinds of things, with drugs, with alcohol, with, with, you know, food, with gambling, with shopping, with, you know, what, whatever things that they try to fill it with. Um, it, and that just doesn't work. You have to have to do the work within yourself to change your thought processes to change your limiting beliefs, to have a different belief system that you can actually, first of all, overcome those thoughts. I used to have to, I really, so I went to um, Al-Anon, which is for people who've been around alcoholics. And I, I, I actually worked the steps. When I say worked the steps, that doesn't mean I just was like, okay, step one, step two, step three. No, I actually had somebody I worked the steps with called a sponsor um and it it's it it was the foundation along with uh 
you know, turning my life over, over to God and, and depending on him. But that was the, the Al-Anon program was the foundation. And the, the church also has something called Celebrate Recovery, but I didn't know about that. But um, and Al-Anon worked for me. So if you have something like you're thinking about in your head, like you get these thoughts that, oh, I'm a loser, I'm no good, I'm whatever, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other thing. You have to do something to stop that and replace that with a different thought process. And that takes some time and some work. And you, some, for the most part, you can't do that by yourself. Um, you have to have some program or something that's going to help you retrain your thoughts. That, that was the first thing. Because what you think about, you bring about. And if you think of yourself as a loser and you think that you're not worthy of being with somebody uh, decent in your life, you're going to attract the opposite of that. Another thing that really helps me, and this helped me the other day. So I had a really bad day on Friday. Friday did not work how I was going to, uh, how I expected it to work. So everybody knows I'm doing baskets and beads, but I also work a corporate job and I, I'm off every other Friday. Well, I had a one o'clock meeting and the, uh, the place was open at two. I get off at three on Friday. So my plan was during my lunch hour to come up with lunch, half hour or whatever it is to come up to uh, Redondo beach where uh, the, the events in Torrance, my son lives in Redondo's to um, stay with him. And, and I was going to leave at 1130, but then I got asked to be on a call. And so I couldn't leave until I left at 210. Anybody who lives in Southern California knows the later you leave anywhere on a Friday, is the traffic is bad so i had a bad attitude i was you know uh, actually i was doing a marco polo to my one of my friends and i was starting to complain about that the fact that i didn't get up here when i wanted to and now i was gonna not get started until a couple hours late and it was and i'm upset and angry and you know then i said wait a minute I can change this thought process. So what I did was I, we usually give our gratitudes at the end. I gave what I was grateful for. I said, I'm, I'm going to change my attitude right now because I am complaining and I have no reason to complain. So, okay, I left late, but I'm grateful that I didn't have to rent a van because my son lives up here and I was able to come up here and put some stuff up here Thursday night. And then, um, I had a place to stay, so I didn't have to uh, go drive 40 miles back to Irvine, and I didn't have to rent a hotel room. So I changed my trajectory to what I was grateful for, and that immediately changed the thought processes in my head. It immediately changed my mindset. It left me uh, feeling positive and empowered instead of negative and disempowered. So you can change your thoughts through through speaking out loud what you're grateful for, writing it down, journaling those things. But you have to, if you have a significant amount of limiting beliefs and effects of something like growing up in alcoholism, like I did, or maybe growing up in abuse or whatever you've been through in your life, and you haven't actually dealt with that, you, nobody else can make you happy. You are not going to be whole until you, uh, work through all that. The, the Celebrate Recovery Program calls it hurts, habits, and hangups. We all have them. I still have them. I still, like I, the other day, I started to go down that negative path, but I immediately thought, what am I doing? I'm going to make my whole attitude 
bad and I'll probably cause myself more pain in my back from having that negative thought process. So I started saying what I'm grateful for and immediately changed my whole disposition and my mindset. So um, it's like I said, nobody can make you happy. You can't go somewhere else and be happy. You can't move away to be happy. You can't, uh, you can obviously change if you're in a bad situation around people that are negative, you can shift that trajectory and have different people that you hang around with that can definitely change your mindset and your attitude. But as far as genuinely, like I have peace inside, I have, uh, the Bible calls it the peace that goes beyond all understanding. But even though I was a believer long before, uh, the, the fact that I still had all this effect from growing up in alcoholism, actually limited me from even enjoying my faith fully because I, that even though I know God loves me still, I didn't love me. So um, there's another scripture that says, love your neighbor as yourself. You have to, it, and we hear that scripture a lot. And I've talked about it a lot on here. Love my love. I think it, in the King James version is love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, if you don't have any love for yourself, how can you love your neighbor? So it's just really important to uh, consider that. I, I hope nobody grew up like I did or even worse. Uh, and if you did, I'm praying that if you have not done the work, that you do some work to form some new neurological pathways in your brain that when you get a thought about yourself, it's not like, oh, how can I possibly do that? I'm not this, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough. You, you know, you got to turn that stuff around and know that you can do whatever you put your mind to, in addition, including doing, I, I'm not saying you can't do it without work. You have to do the work to change because what's been blazing in your head for so long. I had so many years of uh, being told I was no good and being told that you know, never being told I love you by my parents that I felt unlovable. So I had to learn to love myself first. So I could give love to other people. I could love my neighbor as myself, even my neighbor that may not be in agreement or walking in the same values as me. Uh, you have to love you first. If you don't love you first, you can't give love somewhere else. And you can't get that love from anywhere else. You can go to a bunch of relationships. You can try to fill that with everything that uh, on the planet. But you have to love you. Even knowing God loved me, I didn't love me. I did not love me. And until I can look in the mirror and say, hey, you're awesome. Or, you know, if you're struggling today, man, I'm struggling today. God help me with that but I, I'm struggling and I, I uh, admit to that, but I work really hard not to go down that path that, of thought process that I used to go down for so many years. Every year or every day of my Air Force career, I would get ready and I'm looking in the mirror and I would hear, who do you think you are? You're a loser, you're a high school dropout. This is even after I had two associates and a bachelor's degree and all kinds of awards in the military, I still didn't feel like I was good enough. I made master sergeant in the military and I still didn't feel I was good enough. Um, and you know, like, okay, right, what? <laughs> uh, 
master sergeant from a high school dropout to a college graduate to master sergeant to, you know, it's like you have to take some time to jot down the things that are great about you and stay away from the negative. So um, I always uh, um, advise people to do the life changing procedure created by Zig Ziglar. If you don't know what that is, you can just Google life changing procedure, Zig Ziglar. You say that to yourself in the mirror twice a day. It's what I did. That's one of the things that I did in the beginning because I went to a, I think it was 2004. I went to a, a, a to, and heard Zig Ziglar speak and bought some of his CDs. And that was in there, life-changing procedure. And you say that to yourself twice a day. So when you wake up, you tell yourself how awesome you are. When you go to sleep, you tell yourself how awesome you are. And trust me, it works. I did it. I, I was like, oh, psh, this doesn't work. I'm going to do it and prove it, prove everybody wrong. And uh, sure enough, it worked. You, because you cannot have negative thoughts and positive thoughts in the same space. And that that helps. So in between that time, I'd be driving and I'd start thinking and I'd think those thoughts and I'd hit my hand on the steering wheel and I'd say, stop it, stop it now. Those are some of the things I did. So if you have any thought processes that are are negative about yourself because of the things, I mean, I, I got it from growing up with alcoholic parents. Um, Zig Ziglar's life-changing procedure is definitely something that will uh, inspire you, help you. I still use it. I still, I have it in my bathroom. I still pull it out from time to time. And I do those things to make sure that um, my mindset doesn't go back to that. Because that stuff's still there. I mean, I, I haven't forgotten that my mother threw me into a wall and gave me a black eye. And, uh, you know, some of the other things that she did to me. I haven't forgotten any of that, but um, I've forgiven it. I actually went to both my parents' graves and read letters of amends to them. And some people might be thinking, why would you want to forgive them? Well, it, it's the unforgiveness that I had that I was releasing. And I understood that they were both sick and um, did the best they could with what they had. And thankfully, I have, you know, I I think about people who go their whole lives and they never ever do something to change that trajectory and they live their whole lives like that and i i could have been one of those people but thankfully i did the work to um heal that pain inside do i still make mistakes and do stupid stuff sometimes yeah we all do that's part of being human but now i know what to do to to avoid some of that and if i do something that, that I, I hurt somebody else i apologize or try to reconcile something um and you know forgive myself for for oh why did i do that i don't know but um that's all i wanted to share today but again i highly recommend that if you have any negative thought process even if you don't it's something really good to use to uh, inspired your day. Write down three gratitudes you have. Think about the three things you're grateful for and then um, do the Zig Ziglar life-changing procedure. All right, everybody, like I said, if you're local, come on by 10 to 4, the Torrance Cultural Arts Center in Torrance, California. Would love to see you from 10 to 4 today for the South Bay Quilters Guild show. Um, and I will see you soon. Nakupenda.